welcome to Love Food, Hate Money, a show where we're going to talk about food and we'll prove it by spending all of our money on it. <laughs> I'm going to be your host, Jonah. This is going to be co-host Courtney. Hi. And we will jump into what we're drinking right now. This is going to be a 2018? 18. Johanna Schaff-Rainsch is from the Thurman region in Austria. Weitzgelt is a grape that is pretty much only grown in Austria. Red fruit from what I remember it. I'm going to taste it right now. You can talk about what you, you look like. You just got punched. <laughs> um, I don't know. Is there something like off about this bottle specifically because like it was weirdly leaking because it was a screw top? It's got like a... It wasn't leaking because it was a screw top because there's plenty of stubbins that the capsule completely closes, right? But this bottle was in a weird state of existence. Yeah. Um, like it tastes like it got to know the air a little too well before we got to drinking it. <laughs> it's also been open for a little bit too long, which is, I think, worth noting and talking to people about is that wine's got a shelf life. So if you have a bottle and you open it and you wait too many days, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I don't know, most wine's about a week, depending on... The varietal? It depends on the varietal. It depends, like, this varietal. Like storage is, and all that. Right, having actual proper storage and not upright under fluorescent lights on our countertop. <laughs> like proper um, wine connoisseurs. LED lights. Oh, the, they're LED? Yeah, the ones under the countertop. Oh. That was a... Those things were spooky. I remember when we discovered them and we didn't know that we had them in the house. They terrified me. I was it's like, why, is, glow under why the is there a cabinets? light coming from the kitchen? I turned all the lights off. Good time. Um, <laughs> no, this, I mean, you can sort of taste what this wine is supposed yeah, I would to say taste like. Red fruit was where I would go with it. It's not. I wouldn't say it's very complex. I would say it's pretty straightforward. Like, it's just... Spikegelt in general is not considered to be, like, hyper-complex. Like, you're not going to be searching for too much. It's more of a daily driver. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think the notes on the actual bottle itself, because their English marketing team is great. Highly versatile, typical, smooth tannin, and cherry flavor. So, yeah, they, even the tasty notes yeah, on the like, actual bottle, it's like, it tastes like it. what it tastes like. So, don't overthink Spikegelt and drink it. Um in a shorter time frame than we have because we've had this bottle open for too long. Mm-hmm. So then it's going to get cooked with. Cooking wine. So last week's episode was ramen. Part two, baby. We really would love to keep most of our episodes down at 30 minutes because I think that makes it more approachable. You can put it on on your commute and it's not something that you got to keep coming back to. Like it's a nice, easy TV show slot. Bernie just wants this to be a tasting menu of sound. <laughs> Whereas, like, obviously the interview episodes are longer, but when you get on something that you're as passionate about as we are, then you got to talk a lot longer. Yeah. We didn't even get to mention probably my favorite shop that has locations here in the United States now that we're very excited to go try at some point. The closest one is in L.A. 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 <laughs> For any of you that haven't watched Letter Kenny, that's another great recommendation for you. Not related, <laughs> oh but it's God. where the LA bit comes from. Uh, but yeah, that one was called a furry. A furry ramen. We we went there twice. Yeah. <laughs> Which on a trip where you could have literally hundreds of bowls of ramen and not have the same one. And we went for it twice. It was it was life changing. I do think that part of that is we don't get a lot of yuzu. Yes. In general, in the United States used well. Or 
even fresh because they were literally grating it over the bowls of ramen. Mm-hmm. Which is, I wonder how they do it because it, it's the same shop in the United States now. That they're... They would have to ship it directly. Yeah. There's not a ton. Yeah. Yuzu is not a very common ingredient. I know that restaurant I work at uses it from time to time. We'll make yuzu koshos and stuff like that. But it's a delicious citrus. And in the context of ramen, because they specialize in a yuzu shio ramen. So yuzu salt um, ramen, essentially. It is. It was so, because we went in the summer and it was hard of rainy season. Yes. So it was really nice, just light and refreshing which is hard to doesn't really go with ramen refreshing is the opposite of sometimes how you feel after eating a bowl of ramen. Yeah, it's a big <laughs> warm hug broth but this one was light and delicious and they had um piggybacking on the highball culture conversations like they had a highball machine that was rigged with um some yuzu in it as well so they had yuzu highballs to go with this yuzu oh. ramen and it was one of the better restaurant experiences that I have. It's probably I feel one like of the I, best meals I've ever had. There's a lot of places that I go to. And I'm like, oh, I remember eating there, but I don't like remember the food that much. And this is one where like, obviously it was hyper-focused because it's a ramen shop, but the, the flavors and like trying to like search for that, that flavor profile again. Well, and I think if memory serves a core memory. too, they also were serving like raw Mizuna lettuce on top. So there was yeah. also this like, crisp mm-hmm. that was on one of them aspect i think it was the one i ordered yeah um which i had not seen before and so having that like the brightness of the yuzu and the crisp of the mizuna and just like the, all of that working together was just so delicious which brings to another important part of talking about ramen is what's your favorite ramen topping my favorite ramen topping? Yeah, you mentioned chashu, but like, is that the actual favorite or is there like a specific topping where you're like, it has to have this for me? Um, Green onion. Interesting. <laughs> Neji. Um, because I like the texture of it and I like the, like, you, we were just talking about this earlier today. I have this weird obsession with onions. <laughs> it's really upsetting. <laughs> I think onions are so versatile and so delicious. And um, I really love, they have those um, hand crank machines that a lot of the ramen shops use to get that finely shredded yeah, they green have onion. A specific machine that you can just like pull the onion through to get it to threads. And I love the way that that eats with the noodles. Yeah. Um, other than that, like uh, marinated bamboo. Because for me, Menma's an interesting one. I want the toppings to add more textures because the flavor's there. Like if your soup is good, your tare is good, you've got fat in there, maybe you're using a katsubushi salt, like you've got all these flavors. Mm-hmm. Now I want the toppings to take it to the next level and be the textural element. Right. I think for me, egg. Yeah. I like the marinated egg probably more than any bit because I'll, that'll, I'll like, Sort of like what you said. I think a part of my tradition of eating it last is because I want it to come back up to temp because a sure. lot of eggs to get them to the right to keep degree them of at doneness. their six minute softness. Right. To keep them as an actual soft egg, the shops will take it and they will rest it, um, although shock it. So it is chilled when it goes in, 
but it'll have the right texture, but then it has the, and then it's chilled in the right texture and that's not right. Ron temperature, right texture. So, uh, but the egg for me, because you just like plunge it to the bottom and I'm always very sad whenever we go to a place and egg is an upcharge. <laughs> like I like egg is one of the default ingredients. Yes. When it's built into the bowl. Mm-hmm. I can't think of, there was a, a shop at all uh, while we were in Japan that didn't have an egg on it by default. No, I don't I think can't. so. I, I think egg would be my favorite if it weren't wasn't so hit and miss. Because a bad egg for me is like... You're pretty picky when it comes to eggs. I, I was one of those kids that like wouldn't eat eggs as a child. So She's like, also one of those adults that wouldn't eat eggs as an adult. <laughs> so like there's that. I am shockingly picky in weird ways. Like we'll eat ants. Sh- sh- shockingly picky in weird ways is... A wonderful That's album. My memoir, actually. Um, like, Willie and Ants, but, like, don't like avocado. I think the Ants was, like, more or less on a dare. Yeah, was, but, like... Was, they were like, I bet you won't spend a couple hundred dollars on Ants, and you were like, I bet. bet. Um, this is how much I love food and hate my money. Yeah, have a weird, like, avocado almost allergy. I don't know. It makes my tongue feel really thick and, like, itchy, so I do not like it. Which is like a weird thing because people are like, oh, avocado's life. And I'm like, I don't get it. Avocado um, might be one of the most overrated ingredients. Just this is the not board. the avocado episode. <laughs> that would be a short episode for us because um, there's me being like, yeah, pretty overrated. And you're like allergic. And then that's just a, yeah, that's the episode. I just don't. This is also the avocado episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, But yeah, I can be really picky sometimes because I just i'm very particular it's funny to talk to you about toppings because you are so picky yeah um i was even looking through and we were talking today going through menus of like i would like to try this you probably wouldn't like it and you're like "Mm, true i feel like with food if you have something one time that's a bad version of something it's very hard to try it again or to want to try it again and i think that's one of the things that i am working to overcome because i I do want to try everything and I don't want to be closed minded, but there are some things where like I had a really bad version of that and I'm really not interested. <laughs> we are fundamentally different on that. I know you're like, I'll eat this cause I don't like it. Yeah. I like to eat stuff and just figure it out. We talked about that with moose a little bit in that episode where yeah. he was like, Oh yeah. A little bit of a, mm, is it masochist where you like the pain on yourself? Is that the version of it? I have no idea. A little bit of a dominatrix For to this- myself. <laughs> For the purposes of this episode. <laughs> um, when um, it comes to that stuff, because I, I like to have flavors that I know I dislike just to affirm it where I'm like, all right, yogurt, it's you and me again. <laughs> yeah, you have some weird dislikes too, but. I'm the only white and tangy thing I enjoy. That's not that. Yeah, I think one of the toppings that I just don't really care for would be like the Naruto, the little fish cakes. Fish cakes are great. They're just kind of They don't of really add anything chewy. other than like a weird chew. Not interested. Um, even I want to know the tradition. We should probably look it up at some point on why, like, white sun with pink swirl is the shape that they decided to go with a, a fish cake. Probably because it's very cute. But, like, it's a really weird, I have unnatural. Idea. It is <laughs> one of the most pink. unnatural looking things that is readily consumed. That's true. Um, the sheets of nori in ramen don't really do anything for me. Um, I don't like the texture when it gets soggy. I, those are probably near the top of 
my least favorite, but <laughs> this is just the ramen topping ranking episode. I like <laughs> it. Um, this is what you wanted to talk about. I, I know, but I, I we need like a bracket. This is a visual. Oh, we need a bracket. Okay. It'll be egg versus shashu at the end. Yeah, that's probably true. The end of that sweet 16. <laughs> um, you know what's not a good ingredient? Corn. Uh, corn can be really delicious, though, on like a tonkatsu ramen because that sweetness with the richness of the pork. Corn is typically a miso ramen. Also addition. there because it complements the sweetness of the miso. Like, you know what's sweet too? Corn. You know what? Just the one for me that I think is so funny that I don't think we saw this in Japan, but I've seen it here is putting cabbage in ramen. <laughs> yeah. I think that's not good. <laughs> that's going to be a no for me. Dog. Cabbage is a, a funny filler ingredient or you look at it. You're like, oh, yeah, green cabbage is 50 cents right now at the store for us, let alone what you're getting it as a restaurant. Like, you can do a lot with cabbage, but just not, don't put it on my ramen. Put it on the side of my fried food and squeeze a little lemon on it, and that's... Exactly. That's a meal for me. What? There was an ingredient... Oh, the the, the nori, the seaweed. Yes. I will punch it down. I just punch everything down at the bottom of the bowl <laughs> and see what happens. <laughs> You're just stirring it viciously. Just It's just me and a chopstick just stabbing at the bowl to get everything into the bottom of it, <laughs> to take in all the flavor. Um, the nori is interesting because it does add flavor. It does add to flavor. the liquid it's next to. Yes. So with my punch it down technique, <laughs> um, you get some additional flavor, but it will shrivel into like this. Really, if you like the flavor of seaweed, it is a fun bite. And if you're on the fence about it, like me, every time I I take that bite, I'm like, well, I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. But I would say, like, most of the time, like, in a really good bowl of ramen, like, all of the toppings make sense. They all are kind of playing their role. Yeah. It's really delicious. I think what I miss the most about eating ramen in Japan, though, was the more unique bowls of ramen. Mm -hmm. Um, The first night we got in, we went to a place that specialized in snapper ramen. Snapper ramen was very good. And that one had the really thinly shaved smoked pork over top yeah i remember that and that you don't see that very often like the super like paper thin shaved it was also a really weird color like it was pink (laughs) it was like lunch ham pink yeah like i can't remember what they said they smoked it over but so good it was very good it played with the snapper flavor of the broth well because that same concept they had multiple shops with different like focuses so there's the snapper one and then the duck ramen that we had which was also incredible was that same restaurant group of sort i don't know if they call them restaurants. yeah they were like sister restaurants and i think the duck like duck ramen was (laughs) life-changing duck ramen was good because it was twelve dollars for like half a duck breast yeah it was a lot of duck for the (laughs) price which was shocking because you get duck here and it's like well that's it's going to be $40. It's going to be a $20 to $40 entree, depending on if you're just getting a duck breast or if you're getting duck breast with the risotto. Yeah. Because that's that's what goes with duck breast sure. in every restaurant with, here. And cherries. Duck and cherries. I think something that we should adopt as a culture is the vending machines. The ordering system? Yes. I think we have with the automated ones, but the weird electronic ones at like a McDonald's are really scary versus just. No, I don't want a tablet. I want this giant clunky light up machine where it prints me a ticket. And then you take the ticket and that's it. That's all she wrote. Yes. And I. Pretty satisfying system. It's so fun. 
Is it fun because it's different for us or is it actually fun? That's what I can't decide. Uh, it's probably fun for us, different for us. I think it's also really efficient because you can... It was can, efficient. You eliminate um, someone taking orders and it tells you exactly like what the price is going to be as you order it. There's no like questions. There's no... It's the change out. It, it's a no tipping culture there. So, you know, like everything's taken care of and built into the price. And when you finish eating, you get up and leave. That was a different part of the experience that I think we struggle with. And I think it's interesting culturally to eat in ramen shops there because there's a, I think in the United States here in Arizona. And I think if you look at Europe, that's eating time is like a communal hangout, have the food. We're going to like enjoy this experience versus our time in Japan, especially at ramen shops. It's a very focused, like, no, we're eating. It's eating time. We're not talking. Like, you're not... I mean, obviously, I think most people know the the one restaurant chain that has the, like, little booth that you sit in and you don't interact with anyone. We also went there. <laughs> we did go to that, <laughs> one of their locations in Japan. It was pretty good. I would say near the bottom of the list, though. Some of the worst ramen, still better than a lot of stuff you get here, but of the things we had there, yeah. not my favorite. But the experience of going and sitting in your own little cubby and having your own little water dispenser. Yeah, a little water and tea dispenser, which also is like really fun. Um, Having your little ordering sheet that you like slide through and like you don't ever see the face of the person serving you. Yep. You would think that would feel very impersonal, but it actually felt more like a a fun game. (laughs) It was impersonal and and also a game and also like I think for us... There's that that lack of interaction. I don't know. For me, it almost felt like a sign of wealth where I'm like, I don't even have to talk to people. They're just bringing it to me. Wow. Uh, okay. That's something to learn about you. Um, but I think it also the eating culture does play a big factor into it because um, even just the way that the water pitchers were always on the table and it was fill your own water. Chopsticks were in been on the table already napkins were there like there was it's very minimal interaction mm-hmm. and it's very streamlined word that i the, the word came up is curt there's a certain curtness about it where it's just it's not that we're we're rude it like we're just doing the act like this is just the act this isn't showmanship we're not gonna blow smoke up your ass and tell you you're the prettiest princess in the <laughs> entire peach patch like uh, we're, yeah. you're getting to get your food and that's good and also no modifiers other than like adding stuff like this isn't like a build your own. Except at the one spot that we just talked about. I'm pretty sure that one you could put on like no egg and all that stuff on that little order guide. On the ordering sheet. But most of the restaurants, it was like, this is the bowl. If you want to add stuff, you can add stuff. But this is it's not fussy. It's like, no, this is what we serve. If you don't like it, go somewhere else. And a very much. Uh, so this plays into a story that you wanted me to tell. There is something very pure about just going to a vending machine and like poking it and you've made your choice versus um, I learned that the wine vocabulary for people like I've been serving wine, learning about wine for four and a half years for wine specifically. Like I've been reading about it, interested in it since I was a teenager. I want to say like 15, 16. I remember like having thoughts of like, I want to be one of the youngest sommeliers ever. And I want to, 
I want to, I want to take over the world. I want to be the sommelier from the United States that like passed without ever tasting wine because it's illegal. Now you're old, boo. Now I'm an old loser, and I don't <laughs> I don't have any certifications to my name. Just have had a, quite a few bottles of wine, but um, I learned that you learn early on that like meeting people where they're at, or at least if you want to be good at it, you have to meet people where they're at on wine knowledge. And I had the worst interaction. So serving a guest. And he he was talking about, I think he was trying to impress his mother-in-law and was just trying to order a bottle of wine for her, but like was committed to ordering a wine that was buttery. There was not really buttery Chardonnays on the list. Like there were other wines that had gone through malolactic fermentation and would scratch the itch, but they weren't Chardonnay specific. So I was trying to explain that to him. Would you say buttery is more of a quality in wines that aren't necessarily like something you're going to find in a nice restaurant? Like that's maybe more of like a buzzword for like grocery store type wines i mean the the uh, i would say no because there are okay. delicious buttery wines sure. like you the people that are asking for buttery wines are probably used to the gas station varieties sure of the 14 hands and the kendall jackson's and who else can i the uh, any of the barefoots <laughs> there he was a, he was a barefoot wine baby um so but no, because buttery, like, there's really, really high quality. Right, but I, my question was more towards, like, most people who are asking for that, they don't know probably as much about wine. They don't know what they don't know. Right. And so, like, that is a, that immediately I was like, no, we don't have this, we can do this. He was really, he was honed in on Burgundy, but he wanted buttery. Burgundy doesn't make buttery Chardonnay. They make productive style, like, I eventually got to a weird middle ground with them, and it passed. Phew. Then, where it gets real squirrely, we get to dessert, and he wants a dessert wine. He's like, hey, do you have any dessert wine? And I Like, he's looking at the dessert list, and the dessert wines are listed on that dessert list, so I just just point at it, and I'm like... Yeah, those yeah, are all dessert wines. These are these are dessert wines right here, except for that one. Grammy is not a wine, it's, but the rest of them, <laughs> like... Yeah, you're, you're on track. All right, it's right pick there. one. And he's like, I don't, I don't really know much about him. I just want one. And I'm just like... Okay, like, do you, you want like port? Do you want a ruby port? Like, we have one, basically one entry of most of like the major dessert wines. Like, we don't have a Tokai, but other than that, we've got a ruby port, a tawny port. We don't have vintage port, but it's like, I'd, like, well, like, what about this one? And he points at Madeira. I'm like, yeah, Madeira's good. Like, it's tasty, it's nutty, it's sweet. Like, yeah. Madeira's great. It's like, okay, I'll get that. He gets that. Time goes by. I go back to the table. And he looks like they've eaten about halfway through the desserts or so. And he's like, hey, so like this dessert, like this wine, I don't like it. I just want a dessert wine. <laughs> I was like, mm. okay, that's that's what this is. Like, this is a dessert wine. And he's like, yeah, I just, I didn't really want anything like port. And I was like, okay, that's also dessert wine. <laughs> this isn't port. It's not port. <laughs> it is dessert wine. You just asked for dessert wine. I was like, okay, do you want Sauterne? Have you had Sauterne? And he was like, I don't know what that is. Like, okay, well, it's it tastes like apricots and honey, and it's not quite as heavy as the Madeira, but it's also pretty, like, it's, I have no, at this point, I have no idea what he wants. Like, I couldn't even meet him where he was at, because I didn't know where he was at. It was like finding a lost child in a Target. <laughs> and he was like, well, I just, like, just dessert wine. And I was like, okay, like, does that mean you just, do you just want a wine to go with your dessert? Or, like, do you want there to be any sweetness? 
He's like, well, I did say dessert wine, so the sweetness was implied. That took a lot out of me not to slap that man. <laughs> the way he said he said it so cutting. He was like, just like, well, it's implied, uh, sir. Like, sir, you sir, ordered dessert wine I and then you some already. pointed at it and said, this isn't dessert wine. I want dessert wine. You said dessert wine. It sounds like I'm exaggerating. He said it at least as many times as I've said it in this story. And I just got to a point where I was, okay, so I took the glass away. And then I poured him a half glass of an off-dried Riesling that we have, which, like, sure has sweetness, but is not dessert wine by any stretch. Like right. If you're going to look at the dessert wines of the world, it wouldn't make the list. You could argue, like, some you could pair actually sweet desserts. Rieslings could be considered dessert wine. Like, that's a that's a real thing, but off-dried hardly ever wouldn't make the cut. Mm-hmm. Brought it to him. He's like, this is an incredible pairing. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome, baby boy. You're welcome. That's the story of my barefoot baby drinking his dessert wine and his buttery Chardonnay, which also was a bottle of Chablis. How does that tie back to ramen? I'm confused now. The convenience <laughs> of you go to the vending machine and you can't yell at the vending oh. machine about its dessert wine. So you're saying you want to be replaced by a vending machine? If vending machines could take my jobs <laughs> so that way I don't have to interact with my barefoot babies. I mean, that makes sense now. Okay. I got you. No, I th- I do think that that way of ordering just like simplifies everything. You pay for your thing. You give them the ticket. They bring you your food. There's no drama. No, no drama. There's too much, too much drama and pageantry. <laughs> just poke a button. Put in your $10 bill. You get 50 cents back. Go about your business. Yep. And then you put your ticket up there on the counter. They take it. They bring you your bowl of food. You eat. You nicely, like, pile your stuff together and set it on the counter. And you leave. And that's it. That's your rope. Which is, like, my dream now of, like, if I was to own. I have two dream restaurants. It would be either something like that where it's very minimal front of house and, like, super quick service, very easy Mm-hmm. Um, or a revolving restaurant, or revolving restaurants are very good. <laughs> or I would want to run a food court and pick who gets to be in my food court because that would be fun. Um, Similar to the the ramen shops that we've been exactly. talking about, where you can have a curated like, hey, I, I really enjoy your restaurant. Amazing. Will you open up this stall in this area and serve like five dishes that you think are great? Cool, and then go about your business. I think there's a couple of those. That have opened up in Arizona as far as like an elevated quote unquote food court, but I don't like any of the food that's in them. So it would be fun to. <laughs> well, I think also we don't, it's harder to do that here because there's certain months out of the year where it's too hot. I think, I mean, I've heard of places in like Portland that do them or even just like better food truck meetups. Right. The food truck food courts and stuff where like yep, food trucks are focused typically on a dish and can do it really well. Yep. Uh, the last thing I want to touch on too is, um, Ramen recipes, because they're very hard to come by. Yeah. Um, when we got back, I spent a good chunk of time online trying to find, like, fun facts. You can switch your Amazon over to... Um, any country. Any country. Um, I have ordered stuff from Amazon Japan. Um, and I was really hoping I would be able to find a, like, traditional ramen cookbook that maybe had some English translation so I could figure it out. Otherwise, I was not above 
Some Google Translate. Google Translate in while in Japan is funny. Like, there's a lot <laughs> of like turns of phrase that just don't that translate in any challenge. language. So there'd be times you're walking through and it's like the restroom and then the kanji board is like, where we drowned the babies. What? <laughs> <laughs> that is an exaggeration. That never actually happened. <laughs> but the loss in translation did happen many times. And you're like, wait, what does that say? Uh, um, but what I found to this point is... Um, Ivan Raman's um, cookbook. Ivan Orkin is a chef from New York who opened a ramen shop in Japan and was like one of the only white dudes to actually run a successful ramen shop. Gaijin, his other book. Yes. I Outsider. Have, have that book as well because I highly recommend anything I really appreciate with him. Um, his recipes. They're very easy to follow and they're very precise. Mm-hmm. Um, does everything in grams as one should he weighs it all out weigh everything and um as far as like the closest you can get to ramen in japan is if you follow his shio ramen recipe and that's the one i say like it takes me four days to make yep you make the noodles from scratch you make the double soup you make the tare you make the chasu and you You do the eggs import various types of salt and things that are like pretty uncommon like you have to go to you have to go to a couple different specialty grocery markets yeah otherwise you're just not gonna get the ingredients that you need yeah which is another fun thing like go to your go spend time at your local local markets like they're fun and even try all their instant noodles because they're very fun and they're very interesting i will say that as great as all of the top ramens and the nissin brand stuff is I think that the Korean instant noodle, the ramyuns, have really popped off because the little little chicken dude. The, the, little, the little spicy the AF. Little, the, yeah, the spicy as hell little chicken dude ramens, I think, are probably, I would think most people that have had them that I know or universally agree that they are better than, like, just getting a beef top ramen or something like that. Their noodle texture is so good. They've got the noodle texture. They, if you like spicy food, they got heat. If you don't like spicy food... I don't think they make a not spicy version, so just disregard. (laughs) (laughs) Be better. Eat the spicy foods. Just eat it. It's good for you. It makes you sweat. You'll eat less because your tummy hurts. It's a great time. You have any more ramen thoughts? My ramen thoughts are Korean instant ramen is good. (laughs) I don't think it's called ramen at the... It's ramen. Yeah. Yeah. R-A-M-U-Y-U-N, right? Yes. Um... At least in the Roman characters. Right. Um, no, I just, I, I enjoy talking about ramen and eating ramen. And if anybody has ramen recommendations. Tell us where to go. And then we'll roast you on if you picked a bad ramen shop. Yeah. So <laughs> you've, been, you've been warned that you, I've, I will tell everyone that they're, it's okay to be wrong. <laughs> you, I think at the end of the day, you should like what you like. Makes you happy, baby. And if somebody else says that they don't like it, that is their opinion. Yep. And they're entitled to their opinion, and they're entitled to be wrong. And so are you. (laughs) And nobody has the authority to tell you what to like. You should just like what you like and try everything. Me, I eat all the trash, and I'm a very happy camper. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think... Is that it? Is that the end of the ramen saga? Or we're going to end up back in this bowl another time? We'll come back to this bowl. <laughs> Always dancing in the bowls of ramen. It's like in the arms of, of babes. 
If you bribe me, I will make you ramen. Oh, me? Not you. I didn't think that bribery would work, but I was really open. <laughs> Anybody that buys me a full pork belly, I will make you a ramen. $50 investment, but like you're going to spend 25 to go to any old shop in Arizona at least. So like you may as well just pony up double and get it. it it's very good. That, that recipe. That, it's an excellent recipe. He, yeah. Also watch the Ivan Orkin episode of Chef's Table. Really beautifully shot. Anything on, just watch all of Chef's Table. Just watch all good the food media. shows. The Ivan Ramen one, I think, or the Ivan Orkin one. It's funny because the book you, makes you, me say his name is Ivan Ramen yeah. consistently, but no, Orkin's episode Orkin's and his name. story is like pretty interesting. Yeah. How he got to where he's at and how he overcame a lot of tragedy. A lot of tragedy and just like, no, this is what I want to do. Like, I, I'm going to do this. Yeah. Which I think is pretty good testament to Brahmin in, in general. It's like, no, this is my version. I'm gonna do what I like. Yeah, and really pouring that passion in. And he's really interesting too because his heritage is Jewish, and so um, including like chicken fat and schmaltz, schmaltz in uh, as his fat flavoring because the, the noodles are toasted rye. Um, nod to the rye bread and deli. And a lot of his recipes are very nod to like deli. Food, but kind of twisted to fit the Japanese palate, which is really, really fun. Mm-hmm. Interesting. It goes back to talking about like, what is authentic? Like this is correct ramen, but it's also like a nod to Jewish heritage. And that's important. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. Food fusion, baby. It's the trend. It's so trendy. We predicted it. Episode it happened. <laughs> the prediction, the prophecy. <laughs> they foretold. Well, on that note, the vending machine is spitting all the tickets at the customers, so we have to go and unplug it so that way it stops telling them that we're out of dessert wine. (laughs) (sighs) Thank you for listening to Love, Food, Hate, Money. Uh, This episode and every episode is edited by John Watkins of Feather Fiction Studios. He also does our original music. Thank you so much, John. And connect with us on social media. We're on all your favorite social media platforms. Um, Tell us why you think we're wrong. I'm always wrong, but so are you. (laughs) But uh, talk to us. We would love to hear your thoughts. Um, You can also email us at lovefoodhatemoney or hello at lovefoodhatemoney.com. And I I think that wraps us up today. Please also reach out and let me know what you think dessert wine is. <laughs> because I'm still learning. I made a mess. <laughs>